Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. I'm your host Esther Aiken and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. This week has been incredible. My journeys, the colours of the deciduous trees in the surrounding neighbourhood are looking spectacular. With a number of the cherry trees having already dropped all their leaves, but the liquid ambers and plane trees, especially the ones outside the Caddy College, are still tightly holding onto their leaves. The strange thing is, I've also noticed, I spotted through my journeys this week, have barely started to change, and that's the ginkgos. Their colours are still that light green and the yellow hasn't even started to come in yet. It just shows you how messed up our seasons are at the moment. I even still saw a number of my monarch butterflies busy laying eggs on my swamp plants the other day. I mean, the warm days are, you know, still quite warm and not so cold nights have yet to drop the soil temperature to a level that triggers the growth of vegetation to slow down. And a perfect example of that is my lawns that are still growing like the clappers. I think the thing that frightens me the most is I already have new leaf bud burst on my Louisa plum tree and I have yet to do my normal winter pruning on it. I mean winter is only 13 days away as I'm recording this episode and yet my garden is looking more like a spring garden with caterpillars munching on my perpetual spinach and the white butterfly landing on my brassicas. But I suppose those are the joys of gardening, and gardening is never predictable, nor are the seasons apparently. So over the last week, I was asked if I had any tips on sustainable gardening, and as I have mentioned before, it is something I do practice, with my main method being growing six of the particular plants, you know, whatever I decide to grow, and then I leave one to go to seed. And as I've been doing this for some time, I never run out of greens in my garden, which is mostly the spinach and silver beets. But in a pinch, both are lovely in stir-fries, omelettes and a steamed veg. I mean, the young leaves from both also make an excellent addition to a throw-together fresh salad. Now, the older the leaf, the tougher and more bitter tasting it gets. I think this coming spring, I'm going to... I think I will. I'm going to boost my strawberry plants and I'm going to look at growing them in gullies along the fences. I'm also keen to start up my hydroponics again. Mm, I think I might just have to have a bit of a planning session, which I'm something that, as you know, I find quite exciting. Um, you know, I'll just so scribble a bit of a note, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I digress. When asking around the office at work, I randomly asked a few people what they thought sustainable gardening was. And some of the answers were absolutely fascinating and some just plain out bonkers. The one that cracked me up the most was the person responded by saying they can't do sustainable gardening because they don't have access to seaweed. I'm not quite sure what that was all about, but hey, each to their own, I guess. So when looking at what sustainable gardening is, I found it described as sustainable gardening is a method of gardening that focuses on minimizing the negative impact on the environment while maximizing the benefits of growing plants. It involves using organic and ecological practices to conserve water, reduce weight and promote biodiversity. But from my experience, sustainable gardening, it's not all about using organic and ecological methods, but instead using practices that work for you as a gardener. And it has nothing to do with the available space or your budget. But when I deep dived into what sustainable harvesting is, I came across the following description of 
sustainable harvesting referring to the practice of using natural resources in a way that ensures their long-term availability while minimizing negative impacts on the environment. It involves balancing the needs of humans with the needs of the ecosystem to maintain healthy and resilient ecosystems for future generations. And again, when I started hunting for the description of what sustainable soil practices were, it was described as sustainable soil practices referring to techniques and methods used to maintain or improve soil health and fertility while minimizing negative environmental impacts. Some examples include crop rotation, cover cropping, reduced tillage, composting and using organic fertilisers. These practices help to promote healthy soil ecosystems that support plant growth, reduce erosion and decrease the need for synthetic fertilisers and pesticides. Now both of these, these descriptions regarding harvesting and soil practices felt more in line with how I garden and covered a large portion of how I plan and grow and harvest my fruit and veg, but also how I incorporate my ornamentals into my gardening environment. The word sustainable is thrown around so much these days that it's almost losing its impact and its true meaning is almost lost in all the noise, which is why I figured bringing it back to basics would be a fun topic. As the podcast episode title suggests, I promise some sustainable gardening tips and I came up with several tips that I practice and have had proven results that are sustainable, that matches my motto of gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget. Some are simple and straightforward, but others require a more in-depth planning, but in the long run, you as the gardener will reap the rewards and you work your way towards mastering your vision of sustainable gardening. Over the last few months, I have mentioned a number of these gardening tips or methods. Some I have gone into depth and others I've just skimmed over, but I have never really pulled them all into one list. And I will try to go over them fairly quickly without rambling. I'm going to work through the list that I have tried to prioritise at the same time, but I'll see how I get on. I still believe going into my tips that the first tip to mastering sustainable gardening is to start with the right soil. I mean there's nothing like setting yourself up for disappointment when planning your garden if your soil foundation is rubbish. You would never build your house with rotten piling so why would you use crappy soil? If you're a beginner and unsure what a good growing soil is, there are some great resources on YouTube, but in general, the blacker the soil, the more organic matter, the healthier it is, and the more grey or light brown, the lesser the health of the soil. Again, it's a very broad description, but it is also important to know what soil your preferred crops like growing in. Bulbs, for example, rot growing in clay soils, but on the plus, you know, soils can over time be improved. So another tip is choose the right plants for your climate. The easiest way to discover what plants are that thrive in your area is getting in touch with your local garden clubs. Most have members that have a lot of local knowledge and can potentially show you examples of what is already growing in their gardens or check out what are being sold in the local markets in both the produce offerings and the plant stalls especially if you're a beginner and again it can be quite devastating if you spend money on plants that die because they're just not suitable. 
Another tip is use organic methods to control pests and diseases. There are so many organic methods available that even a simple recipe made from staples in your kitchen will do a fantastic job of killing the bugs without damaging the plants. For example, many moons ago, I found a recipe of crushing onions, garlic and chilies together and then soaking in water with a little bit of sunlight soap, liquid soap overnight. Then the next morning you strain out the veggies and using the liquid as a concentrated bug spray, don't forget that it does need to be diluted down further before using it. It's actually quite potent. And whatever you do, do not rub it in your face, especially your eyes with the liquid store on your hands. Honestly, that's a whole world of nasty right there. Uh, Tip four, practice crop rotation to keep the soil healthy. This is definitely one I have mentioned a few times. Never plant root crops in the same place you did the year before. Plant leafy greens there instead. Keep moving the crops along. That way any unwanted in the soil will never thrive and you're not fighting a constant battle with the soil nasties trying to get a bite out of your carrots or beetroots like some of the roundworms that can cause stunted growth wilting and warty swellings on the roots for example. Now tip five, compost to enrich the soil. This one is as old as time. Always put back what you take out And if the soil is in much worse state, then put lots back in. Get creative and utilize what organic materials you have in the garden, such as fallen leaves, and compost them down. If you can master the art of composting, you're well on your way to mastering sustainable gardening. Another tip is use rainwater to water your garden. This has saved me so much money. Not only do I collect rainwater for the garden, but I use it for my indoor plant waterings and refreshing my aquariums. Now, there is so much chlorine in tap water, but if you have no alternative, leave the tap water for 48 hours to sit, then use it for your indoor plants. Another tip, again, I've mentioned this before and gone into quite a bit of detail in a whole episode of its own, but it's, that's to plant companion plants to attract beneficial insects. Every season, your garden, in basically in theory, has different crops. Right, as such, you plan your companion plants accordingly, such as basil with roses in spring and summer and garlic in winter and spring. And when your crops are flowering to, you know, getting ready to bear fruit, grow lots of flowers like borage to attract the bees because obviously they're going to attract the pollinators. And another tip is to use mulch to retain soil moisture. Now, mulch, as you know, is key. To managing your soils, especially over summer, where it retains moisture and in winter it basically retains warmth in the soil. I did a whole episode on mulching, episode six, I believe. Have a listen if that interests you. Another tip plant cover crops to improve your soil. This has to be one of my favorite practices, especially over winter, when you plant cover crops that before they start to flower, you mulch them up into the soil to bring up the organic materials and overall the nutrients and things like that. Basically, it's like giving your garden a spa day for your soils. Another tip is to use natural fertilizers like compost and manure. This doesn't have to be fancy and you can start small with green waste from your kitchen and utilising a worm farm or just collecting leaves from the garden or the curbing channel along the street. Where there's a will, there's always a way to find something that you can use as part of your sustainable gardening. Now, another one is to 
use raised beds to improve drainage. So if you can build your gardens up, even growing in mounds can make all the difference. The gardens that my ex built me with basically recycled timber have given me so much joy and abundance that the time and money spent on them was so worth it. I can always harvest something no matter the time of the year. Tip 12 is start seeds indoors to get ahead, uh, especially on the next growing season. This is an absolute game changer to master the art of sustainable gardening as you go through and plan your crops, starting with your seed indoors, ready for planting out, will save you a ton of money and time. I missed out on getting my watermelon season because I didn't get my seeds in and thinking the garden centres would have the seedlings. How wrong was I? My daughter was absolutely gutted. It's her favourite. And to buy them in the shop, it's, it's, you know, as the full watermelon, it's not the same as homegrown and it's actually jolly, jolly expensive too. Now, if part of sustainable gardening is using all available space if you can, and that you can do that by planting herbs and vegetables in containers, and if you can master growing containers, then no matter the space, you're always going to have an abundance of food for the family. And also, beauty is if you're planting in containers and you are moving around, then the gardens come with you and you're not missing out on anything. Another tip is use trellises and supports for climbing plants. These can be a game changer in a garden by adding in another layer in your garden too. You can grow enough to put in the freezer, for example, like beans or peas. And in summer, you can use them to produce shade for crops that may otherwise not grow in your garden. So if you've got something that burns real easy, but you have a nice trellis there growing your scarlet runners, for example, they'll actually shade out the the crop that requires part shade. So if you're growing in a type of teepee, then you can grow the crop in the middle of that teepee. And it is an absolute beautiful way of enhancing the crop loading in your garden. Another one is to plan your garden to maximise space and sunlight. Now you know I'm a really big fan of planning out my garden, especially as I'm a busy working mum and I often forget what day of the week it is or even what month it is if I'm completely honest. So take a minute and sit with pen and paper and basically a garden planner and what produce you want and need for the family and just go for it. It will makes such a difference to your productivity, especially when you write it down and you get a good picture of what it is you want to do in your garden. Uh, Again, use crop diversity to reduce the risk of pests and diseases. This can, again, can be done. And it's, um, well, it is really a game changer to mastering sustainable gardening. And you get to know your crops and plan their rotations Work out what will grow together and each other's strengths and you'll be absolutely amazed at how easy it will be to basically beat any pests and diseases in your garden and still get a really good abundant you know, crop from your veggies or whatever it is that you've planted. So another tip, save the seeds from your harvest for the next year's garden. This is a skill as old as time. Also, if the gardeners from the past had not preserved seed from crops, then a lot of our heritage and old fashions 
that are still favorites in the garden. Even today, we would have lost so much knowledge and genetics, but also it can save you a ton of money in growing the plants that have already thrived in your environment and withstood the plant pests and diseases present and as you only collect seed from the best plants. So honestly, I always let one plant flower and go to seed. I have mostly in the past collected seed from that particular plant and also naturally let it reseed in the soil as well. So catch 22, at least that way you've got some seed for next year and it's already reseeded potentially in your garden. Now another tip is consider adding fruit trees to your garden. I have done this with plum trees, feijoas, persimmon trees and citrus and I would love to add more. Not only can I take them with me if I grow them in containers, they do add value to my home and produce produce at different times of the year. I don't have a lot of room but I've got a large concrete pad and I have got a little bit of lawn and by planting fruit trees additionally in my, well in big, big pots and containers, uh, I actually use large 50 gallon uh, drums or 200 litres I think it is and I cut them in half, turn them upside down, drill holes in them and they are my planters for my fruit trees so they've always got plenty of root space. Now, if you can master growing fruit trees in pots, game changer. An absolutely amazing way to sustainably garden. All right, so my tip, was it 19? Gosh, I had, how many did I have? I think I've had 19. Um, this practice sustainable harvesting to avoid depleting resources. This very bold tip can basically be taken in a number of ways for example harvest five out of the six plants and leave one to set seed and only once it's done it's natural cycle remove or mulch back into the soil thus leaving basically flowers for insects and green matter for the soil organism so it's a nice little cycle of taking what you need from that particular environment I suppose and then putting back into it so there's no right or wrong way to garden and it is very much a unique practice to you I love gardening messy I love letting my garden tell me what it needs and I honestly do believe it has a love language all of its own I practice sustainability as much as possible and I try my best to let the ecology and my environment do its own thing I'm not a big fan of chemical intrusion, but I do use slug baits and synthetic fertilizers if I need to. I'll never be a true organic gardener, but I will follow the methods as best as possible to me. This leads into my final tip of mastering the art of sustainable gardening is enjoy the process and the rewards of growing your own food. If you enjoy something, you're more likely to continue doing it and as such it becomes a sustainable practice. Now I realise that this isn't going to be a very long episode but I really wanted to go over those 20 points uh, and I wanted to keep it quite tight but if you and I really do genuinely hope that some of the tips I covered today were helpful I know there was quite a bit and quite fast, but if you do have any gardening questions, please 
do keep reaching out. I'm going to keep compiling a list and I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions every now and again. That last episode I did with the Q&A was exceptionally successful and even though some of the topics weren't or some of the questions weren't big enough to do a whole podcasting episode on it, it was still really awesome to be able to go into a little bit bit of in-depth on how-tos for those particular questions. So please do keep letting them come, you know, do keep emailing me the questions or DMing me. Uh, Also, let me know if you're needing some private coaching, no matter what level from beginning, you know, if you're a beginner or you're experienced and reach out and let's have a chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots left, but be quick because my weeks are definitely getting full and so much for winter slowing me down. So many exciting projects coming up to get ready for spring and only 90 days away so spring oh my gosh when you look at it that way 90 days away I know it's three months but it doesn't sound very far away at all and just to give you an idea of what my gardening mentoring containers look like it's over zoom that gives you the option if you wish to record the sessions on zoom you can basically download or well record our sessions um, which are either weekly or bi-weekly, and that depends on the type of package that you obviously choose. Uh, I like to do either three or six months coaching containers, depending on the size of your projects. Also, if you have a gardening business or looking at starting a gardening-related business, then my business development coaching containers might be better suited. Um, now let's have a look. Definitely flip me an email or a DM, and let's see how we can have a chat and how we can work together. My details are always in the show notes. Don't forget to email me if you've got any gardening questions, and if you want to grab one of my gardening freebies, as always, I truly believe that gardening can happen in any space and on any budget and in any place. I'm really, um, apologize for this little episode being a little bit all over the place. I just realized that it is very late, and I am actually quite knackered this week so it's a bit of a shambles but I hope you got something out of it I really did enjoy this particular topic because sustainable gardening is something I do very much practice and I do very much enjoy it and I love what it does for my garden but anyway have an incredibly abundant week and I'll buzz you later bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business. Let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. 
Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.